Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And this is episode 144. It is Wednesday, February 7th. Um, a week from today is Valentine's Day. So huh. if you haven't gotten anything planned or um, it kind of snuck up on you, we are giving you a week's notice to make sure you take care of that significant other. Um, and if you're a parent and you want to give your son a pretty cool Valentine's Day gift, we recommend go and check out the guys at Hitforth. Uh, they are our proud sponsors of the Five Tool Podcast, the uh, high-tech development center that produces pound for pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state, located in Austin, Texas, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com. Um and then on Twitter and Instagram as well at Hitforth. Cannot recommend those guys enough. Uh, it's certainly not too late. You know, I know private schools already playing games and and uh, the public schools are in scrimmage mode. But there's never a bad time to go work on your craft on the hitting side. Get some excellent eyes on there. Whether it's a swing assessment, whether it's a trial session, whether you just want to go check it out and see what it's about. Uh, we cannot recommend those guys enough. Uh, they are the best in Central Texas. And they will absolutely get results um, out of you. But uh, Drew, how are you doing? How are things in the uh, northern region of Texas? Um, as we are now into the, gosh, we're almost into the second week of February already. Yeah. Um, well, our house got hit with the strep bug last oh, week. No. Um, you know, knock on wood, I was able to avoid it. Uh, but the baby got it, which apparently is um unusual for someone that young uh but either way he got it <laughs> mom got it and uh yeah so it's been an adventure here um it's kept me from some scrimmages but luckily i've been able to follow along thank you to twitter or x or however you whatever you call it now uh but yeah done a bunch of um done a bunch of Twitter scouting and uh, been following some of the scrimmages and checking in with some coaches about how guys have been doing. But uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, I guess that was the first weekend. I, I, I refused to watch the pro bowl activity. So um, <laughs> it's weird to have a weekend without football for the first time this past weekend. Yeah, it was odd. It was kind of on it one day when I was at the gym and I was like, I'm not even interested enough to even watch this while I'm on the stair climber or bike or, or whatever is going on. So, yeah, first week and then uh, Super Bowl upcoming. Do you have any big Super Bowl plans? Ooh. Um, food? I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's usually just. We we don't go anywhere Um as a family very often just i mean we tried to go out to eat last friday and it was just um it wasn't worth it <laughs> at the, with the boys at this age and you know so going out to eat isn't super enjoyable uh at mm -hmm. this this stage of 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 life um but yeah so you know hopefully hopefully we can keep them corralled and inside and sitting down long enough to watch you know, the part of the game until they go to sleep, but, mm. um, no, no crazy plans. I mean, I, for me at this point, I would consider it crazy if, uh, being, you know, Mary decides to make queso, that would, that would be pretty much the highlight of, of my <laughs> week. Um, so yeah, I mean, but outside of that, yeah, no real plans. Um, uh, but 
Yeah, when we go to eat, we have to go to somewhere that has queso because both of our kids are obsessed with it to the point that like Lucy gets a little bowl and she'll just like stick her fingers in there and just yeah, just like and then she, by the time we're done, her she's got queso on her face everywhere, but it, it keeps them occupied the whole time. So that's usually yeah. our, our method when we when we go out. But uh, yeah, Jack's got a little Liz organized a little Valentine's Day dance party at her mom's uh, studio for jack's class so oh uh, we'll take him there and they'll get to run around and do that and that'll kind of lead us into i don't i don't don't remember if i've told you this but i'm a proud uh i guess product i don't know if that's the right terminology from the uh kitty carter dance factory okay Um, i did not know this yeah, um, for those that don't know Kitty, uh, Kitty is um, known for being a I think choreographer for the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. cheerleaders for a long time, and I played with her sons growing up, um, and yeah, made a few appearances in some of her big year-end dance productions. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third, definitely third and fourth grade um, was in some different different productions there, but yeah, so. I know what those are all about. Oh yeah, yeah. Jack, uh, Jack loves it. He's a big music and dance guy and everything else right now. So I, I have some very big news to share with you, though. Oh, okay. I know. Obviously, we host a podcast, so we yeah. listen to podcasts. We do. I have graduated from normal speed to one point two five times. It's a big wow. jump for me. It's the first time I've ever gone faster than regular speed. And I don't, I don't know if I can go higher than that, but let me tell Man, you, it yeah. does make a world of difference how fast you can get through podcasts. Oh. If you just raise the play speed, even just one, yeah, it makes a huge well, difference. I'll tell you, like, you, once you get used to it, you can't go back. So it, it's something that you'll have to pay attention to. Now go try to listen to it on normal speed and it'll seem so slow. And I, for those that don't know, I listen to most stuff on two uh two X and some of it even on two point now there's two point five X on oh some. Oh my gosh. Um that's tough and that depends upon the person. Yeah. Um but I, I will tell you this. I have I have learned that I I consume people's podcasts a lot different based on the speed. Like there are some personalities. Uh, from some of the podcasts that I like uh, or that I listen to that I, I love them at 2x speed, but I almost can't listen to them at 1x speed. I just, I don't know why, but like, hmm. I think some of them are actually like funnier, just their like comedic timing almost is like, is better at higher speeds. And it's just not as appealing. I mean, like if I, I cause I see some of these guys clips on Twitter and I, I don't, I don't, view them the same as I do when I hear their messaging in a faster speed. I don't, right. I, I, I don't understand it, but it, it it's a real thing. Like the PFF NFL podcast guys, I think are hilarious. Like their, their chemistry is really funny and like the banter like flows really well at when it's sped up. But when they're at normal speed, I, I'm like, I, I'm like, come, come on, like get it out. Like I, it, I don't enjoy it as much It's weird, but um yeah so i just something to watch but man you can you get up to the big boys and get in that 2x category then we'll uh then we can talk but it's a 
it's a different listening experience for sure. But it, yeah, it, I think the funniest thing to me is like the intro songs just start sounding really yeah. funny when you've yeah. got it sped up even one level. But, you know, we drive so much in the spring going to games and stuff and it's prime fantasy baseball season. So it's like my episode library is just like jammed with stuff that I actually want to listen to. I was like, well, if I want to get through even half of these, I need to jack up the speed a little bit and see if I can handle it. So, but whatever speed uh, you, the listener are tuning into, we thank you, uh, whether it's normal speed or super fast speed. We, uh, we thank you for, for joining another episode of the five tool podcast. And uh, today we are going to share our second high school Texas player draft team. So like we said, when we drafted our group uh, a couple podcasts ago, we did the Texas high school player draft and then the national high school player draft. There are so many really, really good players left over that when we get to the end of the draft, we're like, oh man, like this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And it's fun to go back afterward and redraft another team. Now we don't do it the same way. Uh, Drew picks a team and fills out the roster and I pick a team and fill out a roster and we can choose whoever we want that wasn't selected and we just show it to each other, you know, right before the podcast and then, and then talk it through. So there is going to be a, a few guys that are on both teams just because we didn't do a traditional snake draft and that sort of thing. It's just a fun way to go through and talk about some more players and show the depth of the state and just build another team um, that, you know, all, these, these second teams or whatever you want to call them, are equally as good as the teams that we drafted and are, are just a great example of how really deep the state is. So we're going to go through that and, and share our picks with that and a little commentary as we go through the positions and such. And then at the end, just kind of give some, some thoughts on some things that we've observed so far in the scrimmage season or in the private school case, the actual game season, you know, from a lot of our video coverage that's been rolling in. Uh, I, I've gone to a couple of scrimmages around central Texas and, and seen some players so far. We both aren't the biggest fans of scrimmages. You know, I was talking to a scout before we hopped on here and he's like, I totally get what you say now. I went to a scrimmage last night and nobody had numbers and I can imagine how annoying that is. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, even for the guys that, you know, it's, it's still hard keeping track of guys and they don't have numbers. They start switching the lamps and stuff like that. But, but it is good to see you can go in. For me, the thing I like the most is you can kind of see physically who's made gains yeah. And it just kind of sticks out, obviously. So that's just something to, oh, okay, yeah, this guy's gotten stronger. Or this guy's a little bit faster. Or this guy's kind of changed his body in a good way. Uh, so those, those are good things you can kind of get a feel for as you go to scrimmages and just see how where guys are playing on the field and, and what it looks like and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that before we wrap up here. But I do, uh, I do have a pet peeve that comes from scrimmages. And it's just a... Just one or several? Uh, <laughs> well, several. Um, this, this actually relates to the after part. Oh, I know, I know where this is going. I know where this is I, going. I, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. <laughs> but these, whatever happens in the scrimmages don't count towards statistics. <laughs> so it's not your first home run of the season. It's not you know, your however many strikeouts, whatever, but it's just, I don't know why that bothers me so much, but it does. Um, but I mean, at least it's put of the preseason or, you know, you know, here's a home yeah. run today, not first home run of 24. I don't know why, but it, it bugs me. <laughs> it's it, fair. It's fair. You know, I get it. I think with some of the kids, they're so young, they don't understand it yet, but 
with the with the more veteran guys, it's like, all right, okay, it's like first bomb of the year, which is great. Like I'll I'll retweet those and make a little comment, like whatever. It's it's cool video, but it's not your first homer of the year. It's you know getting getting going in in the preseason with a bomb or it's a know, homer. It's I got a home my run. groove, you know, like like hey, hit a homer in our scrimmage. Yeah. So if I see you start counting the one in the in the regular season as number two. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking in on that and and, and subtracting from that total, but no, I I, I get it. Um, yeah, it's like ah, it's not a real game. It's it's, it's an old it's an old man yelling at the cloud. I get it, but it just <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, me. we're 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 getting so old. So, but let's jump into our Texas high school player draft. Uh, second teams, the the teams that you and I selected after our draft a couple of podcasts ago. Just a reminder, we drafted uh, catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, three outfielders, uh, a DH, three utility guys, uh, four pitchers, and then we went down to our just-missed pitcher, our just-missed position player, and our 2026 pitcher, and our 2026 position player as well. So we did not want to select anybody that had been selected in the previous draft. So it's just kind of a, a fun way to go through. And again, just it's a great example of the depth of the state and an opportunity to kind of shine a light on some more players who are really, really good. And a lot of times we're, we're picking, you know, picking a guy from like a group of like seven guys who are really good. And it just happens to only be one position um, and so on and so forth. So um, well, why don't you, why don't you lead us off with who you've got for your, your catcher pick um, for your second Texas team. I went with uh, Dane Perry uh, for Brinswood. Uh, just, you know, I, I mentioned this in my writing, but for me, what I'm really looking for in a catcher is a guy that can handle the, handle the staff, handle the ball, uh, shut down a running game. Um, and to be honest, I don't really care if the guy hits zero or not. Um but luckily for me, um, Dane can hit quite a bit. <laughs> um, but I've, I'm a huge fan of his. The guy's a gamer. He can play multiple positions. Um, he just seems to find ways to help teams win. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays on a lot of winning teams. Uh, and he seems to be a leader on those teams. So not only does he just happen to be on really good teams – he seems to be a guy that drives things for those teams. So um, for me, that was a pretty easy pick. I went with Dane Perry for my catcher. Yeah, a guy's been a winner everywhere he's been. You know, just spring, summer, USA, wherever. He's just been a part of a of a lot of winning. Um, my guy is it's it kind of in a similar vein is is Zane Becker from Flower Mound, uh, 2024 yeah. Arkansas signee. Another guy that's that's won a ton. Uh, obviously, you know, being at Flower Mound and being right in the middle of of their state championship run, and he's one of the few guys I think you could say on the catcher side that like has proven he can catch stuff just from both the high school and the summer when he plays with with the Stick Scout team. And a, another example of uh, winning a lot of games in, in the summer as well in, yep. in performing. You know, this is a guy that's consistently performed um it's been an area code selection he's been a a summer performer for years he's been a uh, a guy at flower mound for for years so zane becker i I always think it's pretty telling when arkansas comes in and and grabs a catcher early 
It's yeah. kind of interesting. A couple of SEC schools have made that a consistent thing. You know, Vanderbilt, um, AJ DePaulo and coming here and getting some other guys and then Arkansas um, kind of going in here and, and getting catchers as well. So uh, Zane Becker, my catcher, uh, Flower Mound, Arkansas signee, expecting another big season for him as they try to repeat in that state title. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously another winner at a high level. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, he won as much as he possibly could last year. Uh, but yeah, big fan of his. Um, you know, it's funny too. I, I noticed is like people may or may not catch on to this as we go, but there's, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have to kind of check yourself as far as like a bias on, on guys of how much you've seen versus not seen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, just be honest, being honest, I, I find myself, you know, I, I don't see a lot of the Houston kids as much. Um, so I, you know, just don't know as much about a lot of them. You know, we obviously see a lot of them, some of the best ones at area code a lot to get a better um, look at, but it is funny, like uh, going through the list, I actually ended up picking several Houston kids in some areas (laughs) and you ended up picking some Dallas kids um, at in in some different spots too um, that I, that I've seen a lot. So I don't know if that means anything. It probably doesn't, but I just found that interesting scanning the list. Uh, but yeah, as we, as we move on um, to our infield group, um, I'm going to say, you know, take your lead up from flower mound and I'm going to go with Adrian Rodriguez, have him as my first baseman. Um, you know, he's a guy, I think he'll play, be able to play some short and some third this year for flower mound um mm-hmm. which speaks to his athleticism and that's kind of one of the themes in my group of infielders um i think all four of them might actually play short for their um for their teams but I, there's some versatility um you know some guys that may end up playing different positions in college uh but you know the the athleticism is there the versatility is there and i i tend to like that quite a bit when i when i'm looking at infield play uh, but so I had Adrian Rodriguez, uh, light tower power, um, just, you know, electric bat, uh, going to hit in the middle of the lineup for, you know, maybe the best lineup in the state again. Yeah. Um, and that says a lot to me, uh, moving on to second base. I have Carson Luna from St. John's, uh, Texas signee, uh, who really, really took off last summer. I mean, obviously he had committed to Texas before that, but man, he just upped it. I I felt like he upped his game um, and just hit at a really high clip all throughout the summer. Uh, Third base, I have Brady Coe, who's a guy that we love, Um, you know, the versatility there. He's gotten a lot stronger. He's added some below just a really, really good baseball player, obviously son of a coach. Um, I tend to like those guys too, just cause I'm a, I I'm a big believer in instincts and knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot that drives me more crazy than guys that, um, have a lot of talent and don't play up to it. Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with time and they'll develop eventually, but I tend to, you know, lean towards guys that have a really good feel for the game that just always seems to stick out to me. It's probably cause that's the kind of player that I was. Um, and I think, you see a lot of coaches and uh, and scouts that um, tend to like the type of player that they were. Uh, I see a lot in recruiting. There's a lot of uh, recruiting coordinators that um, tend to recruit the type of player or favor the type of player that they were, uh, knowingly or not. <laughs> um, and then at shortstop, I have Sawyer Farr, 
uh, elite talent. Uh, looks like he's filled out some. Um, I think he's definitely talented enough to stick it short. Um, we'll be interested to see if he plays somewhere else at A&M to get on the field earlier or not. Um, but definitely not a candidate or a candidate to not move and end up being the shortstop long term. Uh, but really impressive player. Love watching him play. Um, need to get out and see Boswell early this year because he's um, going to be going to be one to follow for sure. Yeah, they've got a chance to actually, you know, make some noise. Um, They're kind of a team I thought about when we were doing our preview stuff in that classification as a possible sleeper team just because, you know, Sawyer Farr and, and Berkeley Roddy and get two guys like that, you could potentially win some games. Um, In the infield, we actually share one guy who's Adrian Rodriguez. I've got him playing third, but like you mentioned, he's got a lot of versatility. He might play shortstop for those guys. Could certainly play first, could certainly play third. Switch hitter, hit tool, power, um, performer, had a heck of a state tournament. And I, I think, you know, somebody reminded me the other day, I believe he had a handmade injury um, a year ago or so. And we know that can kind of zap some power for at least a little while. So I think there's another level this guy could reach this year. You know, we moved him up pretty significantly in the updated uh, 2024 5 to 55. He's the guy I've kind of mentioned to scouts, like, you know, when they're asking, hey, is there a guy that maybe isn't really on our radar firmly that you think might be or or could become one of those guys. And he's one of the first guys I mentioned just because he's, he should be in the 2025 class switch hitter. He's got some pop performed and I think he's got pretty good actions on the dirt too. So yeah, you start yeah. checking, start checking a lot of boxes there for a guy uh, that, that is a, is a heck of a prospect. So he's, he's, I've got him at third base. We also actually share two guys. Sawyer Farr was yeah. the most yeah. obvious, obvious guy to draft for this whole process because you know he's just a really, really high level shortstop. And you know, we've got him as a top 10 prospect in the state. Like you said, he's filled out some been some buzz about you know the work he's done in the offseason. That's kind of one thing scouts are wondering is was he gonna be able to add some weight and some strength to that frame? Because he's always made contact. Well, and he didn't. He didn't play football this fall, right? Is it, am I? I think you're right. right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, that's that's a difference. Like, yeah, you might lift in, in football and stuff like that, but you running around all the time in in a in a hot Texas sun, you're not going to be able to add much weight during football season. So the question was, hey, can he add some strength and some mass to that frame, um, and then maybe get some more impact off the bat? But he was actually out at that uh, area code Select West. Um, mm -hmm. thing uh, which was last weekend i believe i had saw a couple highlights from him out there so he's he's gonna get scouted a lot and uh i think he's got a real chance to stick it short he's always hit in our events like always yeah. like for years he's had just gaudy statistics in in our events and just been a consistent performer so he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this year and then at first base i've got Caden miller from madisonville heading to houston christian 2024 um, signee uh, to those guys. One of the better left-handed hitters in the state. Really had an awesome fall for the Dodgers scout team. Had an awesome summer. He was one of the co-MVPs with the guy you picked, Carson Luna, from the, from the Mattingly this past summer. And uh, he's going to catch at Madisonville, but his future is at first base. Maybe corner outfield, uh, but definitely at first base he can play there. And his bat is so good that it can really carry that profile and then a guy that's just been a long time gut feel favorite of mine is, is Devin Nunez. I put, put him at second base. 
Navasota, 2024 Nebraska signee. He could probably play he could probably play shortstop in Navasota. He can play all over the place. I've seen him play second. I've seen him play short. I've seen him play center field. He's just a ball player. And he's a really sneaky good athlete and like sneaky strong as well. Like his testing stuff from the summer was elite. I mean, it was like top of the top tier across the board for that entire 12 baseball program. And they've got some athletes in there. Like his stuff and brilliant pain stuff. I, it was very, very similar. And Nunez even edged him in a couple areas. So good athlete. I've always been a fan of the swing. I've been a fan of how he plays. I think that was a fantastic get for Nebraska. So I've got him uh, pegged in there at second base and uh, a good group of infielders there. Yeah. Um, one last thing, I'm going to piggyback off of one thing you said about Caden Miller um, possibly being able to uh, move out to a corner outfield spot. And and that's where I went with my outfield. Um, I, like you said, I think he's athletic enough, athletic enough to play out there. Um, the left-handed bat is undeniable. Uh, huge pickup for Houston Christian. Um, big fan of his. He, like you said, he was uh co-offensive MVP um, of the, of the pudge. Um, and then, uh, you know, another guy that I went with uh, from the 12 uh, to fill out or to put in my outfield was Blaine Bullard, Klein Kine, Klein Kane, excuse me, uh, A&M commit, uh, just an incredible athlete can really, really run. I think he plays an elite center field. Um, I believe he's a pretty good football player himself too. Uh, yes. But the athleticism, uh, is there. Um, I bet on that all day. Uh, I think he has a good feel for, for the game already on top of being fast. So I think he plays fast. Um, I think that shows up quite a bit in center field. Um, but just, you know, really, really impressive. Um, uh, sorry. I Cohen Bullard was co-MVP of the pudge. Miller was MVP of the Mattingly. So mm-hmm. sorry, misspoke there. Um, but my my other outfielder, uh, Hogan Nelson from Liberty Christian, uh, Dallas Baptist commit, man, just huge pickup for Dallas Baptist coming off the summer that we saw him have. Um, and, you know, has always performed. And then he leveled up and, shoot, had one of the best offensive performance for the Rangers underclass area code team. Uh, just lots of really, really good contact from him. Um, you know, right or wrong, you know, sometimes some private school guys get labeled as private school guys and put up some big numbers. And there's some question as to whether or not, you know, that that's going to translate, you know, whether it's to the summer or to college or to pro, whatever, you know, it's just, there is a question with that with some guys and uh, Hogan went a long way to erase any Mm -hmm. thoughts of that uh, by his performance at the area code. And, you know, we, we've seen it with some guys before Um, Jet Williams being you know, the first one really that we were, uh, you know, that we saw do this, but, you know, for a lot of people proving that you can hit elite pitching um, goes a long, long way uh, in, into your evaluations and status as a prospect. And, you know, it's, it, it's the toughest thing to gauge. I mean, for some of these guys, it's, it's, it's a question just because they don't see it all the time. Um, and in turn, the scouts don't get to see it. But going out to area code and having a performance like that um, cements a lot of thoughts about guys as hitters, um, you know, and just proving that that you can do it, that you they've seen you do it once uh, in a lot of professional scouts eyes is is enough to to take a chance on you. So 
I went with Hogan for that third outfield spot. Um, I like the athleticism between Caden, Blaine, and Hogan out there. Uh, probably move them around a little bit, but, you know, I feel like, you know, Blaine can lock down center field and um, go get just about anything. So like that group a lot. Um, there's some production in there. There's some projection in there, athleticism. Um, and that's how I filled out my outfield for my team. My outfield, I went with my first guy was Nathan Tobin um, from Eaton High School, 2024 Texas A&M signee. Been a guy we've been a fan of for, for a long time. Uh, athletic, can really, really run. I thought he got noticeably stronger over the course of last summer and, and into this year. Um, can hit. It's it's one of my favorite swings in the class. Um, it's a swing that I, I think we've seen handle you know, as the pitching gets better, the swing performs, you know, I did that at, at area code. It did that at, at uh, Texas Scots association, all-star game, uh, just a, an all around, you know, really talented player, potential top of the order kind of guy, um, you know, that, that can maybe play some center field, but could definitely fly around any outfield spot. And then Zach Gingrich, my second outfielder, Smithson Valley, 2024, Texas state signee, classic corner outfield athlete, power projection, left-handed hitter. Uh, he's actually a guy that can throw really hard on the mound as well, but outfield's going to be his calling. Had a really, really good summer. This is a guy I've been a longtime fan of and was an obvious projection candidate when he was younger. He was going to fill out. He was going to add a lot of strength. And then voila, he showed up in the summer and, and you know after a really good spring last year and started hammering the ball all over the place, caught the attention of a lot of college coaches and ended up signing uh, with Texas State. So I'm expecting a, a big senior season for him. I know he's a guy that's got some scouting attention that people are going to go check in on and, and see what it looks like. Because anytime you have a guy that, that looks like him physically and can run like he does when he gets going underway, and then I can also hit some power from the left side, that's an attractive prospect to, to scouts. That's sort of the player that they look for. So um, Zach Gringer my second outfielder. And then my third outfielder, I feel like I needed some right-handed balance in my lineup. And I was kind of looking through, I've got, I've got, Hayden Miller, Devin Nunez, Adrian Rodriguez, switch hitter, Sawyer Farr, switch hitter, and then two left-handed hitting outfielders. Like, probably need to mix in a righty in there at some point. So I went with William Hill from mm -hmm. Summer Creek, 2025 Texas commitment. You know, a, a, a scouting director once told me years ago when I was asking for advice and embarking on this, this new job, he goes, you know, with high school players, trust the tools and don't ride the waves of performance. And – I think William would tell you he probably didn't have the summer he wanted to have, but he was kind of battling a little bit of a nagging injury. And, and I don't think he ever quite really going to the way to get uh, to what he's capable of doing, but the tools are, are really loud. Uh, he can fly uh, as a right-handed hitter uh, gets down the line super fast. There's bat speed, there's rotation. Uh, he can go get it in the outfield. Uh, I think he's going to continue to grow into some more power we saw some of his football highlights from the fall. He was flying around like a missile, just absolutely yep. destroying guys uh, as a defensive back, bringing some real physicality to the football field. And I think that that's added some strength. Uh, I think it's added some toughness. It's going to carry over to the baseball field as well. So I remain a really, really big fan of William Hill. Uh, I remember seeing him when he was a freshman when I went to go watch Jane Duplanchet down at Summer Creek. And I was like, who is this freshman hitting like five hole in the lineup for these guys that's flying all over the place with some bat speed. And sure enough, it was William Hill. So excited to see what kind of season he has. And 
I think he's I think he's gonna have a really good year and I think he's gonna get to the summer and remind people why he's a major prospect in this class. Yeah. Um not to change the subject, but another guy that on his team that uh in the summer that played a little football himself is seemingly actually turned himself into quite the football prospect with Ed Small. Um, yeah. Obviously decommitted from Texas on the baseball side and uh looks poised to get some some more big offers on the football side, you know, I know TCU tech, there's been quite a few people trying to get in there. So it'll be interesting to follow that and see where he ends up and see if he's going to play uh, both sports in college, which he certainly is talented enough to do so. Um, all right, moving on to DH and utility players. Um, I went with one of the most powerful bats in the state, regardless of classification with Dean Hanna uh, as my DH. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I think not only has power, but can actually really hit. He just happens to have power. Um, but man, you see some recent clips of him just hammering balls, like long, long ways off in the distance. Uh, but an athletic guy, uh, can play a number of positions, uh, but the bats a middle of the order bat, um, just a really impressive physical, uh, profile from a bat standpoint. Um, Utility guys uh, for me are are all three guys that um, can play a position and can pitch. So that's how I kind of decided to divvy up my utility spots. But a guy that uh, I was first exposed to out of area code, Jaden Blaylock, um, who was playing with the, the breakthrough team out there, uh, really impressed me uh, on the mound just from his sheer competitiveness, um, just attacked and got after it and was one of the bright spots in the game that he pitched in for them. Um, but you know, from everything we've seen to hear is, I mean, he, uh, he may be more of a position player at the next Mm -hmm. level. Um, you know, I know people like him a lot there. Uh, the one thing I do know is that DBU is getting a really, really good player and it's, it's fun to see them showing up on these types of lists a lot. Um, and he's not my only DBU guy. I think I have, let's see uh four actually right is that right three or four four yeah four guys on my team for, that are dbu commits. Yeah, i've got three um, yeah so um man just they do a really good job of identifying baseball players um guys that we like a lot uh uh my next guy cord rager uh from small town of maypearl here in here in texas he carried his team to i think what the state final last year um but big physical left-handed bat and arm. Um, there's no telling how much potential is left in the tank for him. But, uh, you know, he kind of burst onto the scene last year coming off of a playoff run, you know, touching 90 a few times from the left side um, and hitting some monster, monster home runs that, you know, we caught on caught on video. So, uh, man, I'm betting on the upside there. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, when you hear people – talk about him or explain him as a prospect before I got to see him last year kind of sounded like he was a little bit raw and was going to take some time. And um, while he's still a long way from a finished product, he's a lot further along in the production and Mm -hmm. um, standpoint than than I was expecting just from the, the the reports that we had gotten Um, he produces already. And it's exciting when you have a guy like that, that's producing, but you can tell has a long, long way to go um, before he reaches his true potential. And that's scary to think about Uh, on the mound. You know, he's 
headed headed to OU as an OU commit on the mound. Um, the prospects of that with Skip are pretty exciting. Um, and then if he ends up hitting there too, I mean, you know, they, they do a really good job and they've had some two-way guys. Um, so they won't be afraid to use him in that capacity if, if that's what he ends up doing. Um, my next utility guy, uh, Park Prater from Argyle, uh, is a guy that we've seen quite a bit over the last couple of years, DBU signee surprise. Um, and he's a guy that's a big physical athlete that can really, really run, um, he can play center field. He can play first base. He pitches. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, I've heard a little bit of buzz that they may use him out of the pen some for Argyle mm -hmm. this year, more so the starter, which I think, you know, tells me a couple of things. Number one, they've got some other really talented pitchers uh, for Argyle this year, which is, is a thing. And then two that, you know, I think they just, they like the mentality uh, for him. And I think they think that he can do that. And, uh, maybe a way to use him more than once in a week. So uh, another really good get for DBU, uh, really good baseball player, a guy kind of, you know, it, the more he goes as a prospect, you see a lot of similarities to Jared Thomas, left-left um, yeah. guy that can play first, can play center uh, at a high level, uh, good size, and can run uh, for their size for sure. So, I mean, I think it's funny. They they kind of followed that same art uh, to where, you know, they're not like super twitchy athletes, uh, but as they continue to get stronger, the speed came uh, and the power came. But just having that core foundation of really being a good baseball player that knows how to move the right way um, just turned them into monsters once they eventually got stronger. Uh, but big fan of his, excited to see him throughout the spring. Yeah, he's one of the few guys that are seniors where you can look and say, yeah, there's still some pretty substantial like projection that can happen as he just kind of keeps growing into his frame and adding strength and and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, some some good picks there. Um, you know, my DH, I looked at your DH and I was like, man, that was a really good pick. But we also share a guy. I just have him at DH. You had him at outfield. I knew I needed a right-handed hitter and I, I just like well who's one of the better just like pure right-handed hitters we saw and you know hogan nelson who you had in the outfield um you know 2025 dbu commitment uh just a, a guy that his at bats the consistency of his bats and the plate skills and the competitiveness and the bat to ball ability all summer and into area code and carrying over from a spring you know, shout out to Brooks Van Landingham. He was always a guy I think saw Hogan last spring and was a was a fan of him. And I checked him out during the summer and I was like, yeah, there's something there. And then we got out to see him in San Diego in a different setting. It's like, wow, you know, people were really raving about the type of hitter and competitor and ball player he is. So uh, like Drew said, a great get for DBU and a guy that can really hit from the right side. And with my utility guys, I've got three two-way prospects as well who could legitimately do – Either thing could be a position player at the next level or be a pitcher at the next level. Certainly really, really talented at both. It's not like one of these guys is way better than one at the other. And uh, the first guy to me was Nico Partida, a guy that in addition to Sawyer Farr, I got to the end of the draft and I was like, man, like I should have tried to find a home for this guy because, you know, like we talked about with Zane Becker and Dane Perry and some of the other guys, like Nico Partida is a winner. He was the dude 
for Perryland last year. Like, and that was a loaded pitching staff, chock full of guys that were going to colleges and loud stuff and everything. I mean, it was Nico Partita. Like I joked at area code when I think he gave up like three runs in the first inning. I was like, man, that's probably more runs than he gave up the entire playoff run. I mean, this guy was like a walking complete game for Perryland. Uh, just pounding strikes, great competitiveness, just a, a flat-out winner. I want to say he went like 12-0 or 13-0, something last year, which is absurd considering the schedule that Pearland plays. And he's a good shortstop, too. Like, he's one of those guys you watch, you know, playing from Marucci this summer in some of our events. And he's typically just a step ahead of the game. Like, the one thing we hear now that people complain about, I, I say people like, college coaches and scouts is these guys are really talented, but it's like, ah, oh, they, they just don't know how to play the game. Well, that's not Nico Partita. Like Nico Partita can play the game. Like it's, it comes easy to him. He, he's very natural on the field. So very under control competitiveness. There's some instincts there. He just, a, just kind of a step ahead of the action, both mental, uh, like mentally and then physically as well. So uh, heading to Arizona state is a 2025 commitment. He's going to have a really, really big season again. And, and I thought that the way he he treated his summer was good. He threw a lot of innings in the spring. And I think the summer was kind of like, let's just, you know, do your thing in the infield, hit, get out the area code and throw. But it just, it was such a big workload in the spring. I think it was wise not to just keep, you know, running on empty as a pitcher and then gear back up for another really good season at Pearland. My second utility guy is Jackson Cotton, who, who recently moved into uh, St. Pius X with Case uh, and Evans. So, those two guys potentially in a rotation at that level, it's, it's, it could be unfair. And Jackson Cotton is, I remember seeing him a couple of years ago. Uh, then at the time he was like really athletic, projectable frame, obvious talent all around. Uh, and there's, you know, when he's right on the mound, it's a good breaking ball. It's an easy fastball. It's a good delivery from the left side. He, he reminds me a lot of what Blaine Brown has turned into, you know, left-handed hitting outfielder who like is a real hitting prospect moves. Well, kind of that, that sweet lefty stroke. There's some pop in there as well, but then he gets on the mound. I was like, okay, this is a good delivery. There's a, you know, fastball velocity, there's breaking ball shape. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, excited to see him this season and see what he's got in store this spring. And then finally, my last utility guy is Dante Lewis. Um, who's heading to Kansas State. He's actually signing this week, a little signing ceremony at school there at St. Thomas, a 2024 prospect. Uh, collected, I think, every piece of hardware a private school guy can collect in football in the greater Houston area. I mean, he was Mr. Everything down there. He ended his career in, at, at St. Thomas the last two seasons with 6,650 total yards and 79 total touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> really good production on the gridiron. And... You know, he led St. Thomas to the state title game last year and just kind of was one of those guys that got going on the mound and won a bunch of big games for them. I believe we had him up to 94, I think, last spring. Saw him this summer, I believe, up to 92. There's still so much room for growth as a baseball player, which is really, really exciting because he hasn't specialized. So he hasn't specialized as a pitcher. He hasn't specialized as a guy that's you know, living in the batting cage all the time because he was a really high-level football player as well. So great get for Kansas State. I'm excited to see what Dante Lewis has got in store for his senior year and see if he can lead State Thomas back uh, to a potential state title. You're on mute. There we go. Uh, 
once once an episode. Um, uh, so I I'm a big I'm a really big fan of that group. Um, I like Partita a lot. Um, and then the upside with Lewis and Cotton are you know, and obviously I've said what I've said about Hogan Nelson. So I, that's a really good group. Um, now moving to pitchers, uh, this is where we actually have the most crossover. Yeah. A lot um, of similarities here. Yeah. So, uh, the first three that we both have, uh, Cooper Fulbright, Houston Tomlinson, Dyson Hill, um, that's, that's a pretty good group. A lot um, of velocity and, and stuff right there. Yeah. Um, Fulbright stuff is electric. Um, really was a big fan of him out in San Diego last year. Uh, and my only, well, one of two looks that I've had of him live, but man, ball jumps out. Um, he has the potential to be a superstar, uh, especially, you know, any positive steps that he takes forward just will make him ascend. And, uh, in what's already a pretty much superstar profile. Um, Houston Tomlinson is a guy I like. Uh, just the way the ball comes out for him mm -hmm. uh, is appealing to me. Um, it explodes. I mean, it's you know, it's it it for me. It's one of those times when you know when when you hear scout talk or you know people trying to explain pitches or something, uh, and you say a ball explodes out of someone's hand or explodes late, like you watch him pitch and you see it like you mm -hmm. under you understand what that terminology means uh which isn't always the case in a lot of in a lot of situations but for him i think that is just the, the ball jumps and uh there's a lot there uh you know just talking about those last two guys in 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 general um with new pitching coach max wiener i mean it's that, <laughs> that's pretty exciting to think about you know just tinkering with those guys and and just really um really make them into, I mean, those are both guys that I think can be frontline SEC starters if they end up making it to A&M. Um, and then talking about frontline starter stuff, uh, some of the stuff we saw coming out yesterday from Jason Hill's left arm, uh, uh, he may not get the school. Yeah. Uh, DB, DBU commit. Cliff um, Pennington is going to put him in witness protection if he keeps throwing like this. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a guy that we've had pegged for making a huge jump. You know, I mean, physically he needed to gain weight. Uh, he threw a lot last year. And so at times the velo was down a little bit, but uh, but it made sense. It was never an alarming um, downtick in velo. It was just kind of like, oh, he's he's tired. You know, he's physically needs to put on some weight. Um, and he looks to have definitely done that. Uh, ball jumping out of his hand up to looked like 95 yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, if he can continue that and prove that that weight gain will allow him to um, sustain that velo and his stuff, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it quite a bit. But, you know, with this year compared to some of the years past, you know, there's some real question as to who the tip top guys are going to be in this area uh, and who's going to be the guy, you know, last year it was pretty clear that Sakura was going to be one of those guys, um, you know, big physical guy. There's a hundred. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's obvious this year. It's not as clear cut. Uh, and there's a few guys that we've talked about um, over the last couple of weeks and months that may be vying for that top spot. And he's in that category for me. 
Um, you know, if he keeps on uh, doing doing what he's done early and continues to you know show that that stuff is here to stay and um, able to be sustained into into his outings, I mean, it's it's real and uh, excited for a big spring from him. Now, the one spot that we deviated from, which is another thing that I thought was funny, um, you went with a left-handed Texas commit um, from the Dallas area, and mm -hmm. I went with a left-handed Texas commit from the Houston area, um, which, you know, is, again, does may not mean anything, but I just thought it was funny. But David Ramirez, uh, guy with some real pitchability, uh, known for having one of the best breaking balls in the state uh, and pitched clear falls to the furthest they've ever been in school history in the playoffs last year. And that, that says a lot to me. Um, I, I mean, again, I'll mention I'm, I'm a fan of production and he's produced and <laughs> really knows how to pitch, but has big stuff as well. So it's not just him going out there and overthrowing and trying to light up radar guns. Um, the kid knows how to pitch mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan. Yes, he does. And yeah, it's, it's always telling to me. And that's I know it's something that we value when you're able to, you're able to take your high school program to like a different level or, you know, like have an unusual amount of winning. It's one of the things that I really liked about Jalen Hurts when he was in high school is like channel view was historically not a really good football program, like at all. And he was taking them to the playoffs and, and really elevating that program to a level that it didn't consistently reach. And that's what David Ramirez did last year. Um, so big fan of him. And uh, yeah, he's got a long track record of performing. Yeah. Not much else to add about Fulbright Hill and Tomlinson. I, I think Fulbright and Hill to me fit the mold of guys to where the flashes are so bright yeah. that if they ever harness the flashes, and that becomes consistent. I it's special, special, special ability. Like just the pure stuff, the arm speed, uh, the potential velocity, all of these sorts of things. Like when they have when it clicks and there's a flash, I mean, it's as bright as anybody in their respective classes. Um, and, and Tomlinson is pretty similar, although I think Tomlinson might be a little bit ahead in terms of like throwing strikes with the fastball. And he's, it's just kind of an outlier fastball. Like guys do not hit his fastball in the strike zone. There's just something about it, the way it comes out, the shape of it. Uh, I think it also throws hitters off too, because it's a, it's an easy delivery and the ball just comes flying out of there. He just beats guys with his fastball. And uh, for him, I yep. think if the breaking ball comes on, it, he's going to have a lot of scouting attention. And then with me, the guy I deviated from is I cheated because we had some really good video of him. His first outing was Xavier Mitchell. We've all yeah. like Xavier Mitchell has been an obvious, okay. When he adds weight, when he had strength, what does it look like? Well, we saw it. <laughs> it was really good up to 92 and then held it. You know, yep. this wasn't a, like, he didn't just bump it in the first and then fall back. Like he held it. And uh, there's, I think there's something about the release and the, and the steepness and the breaking ball that guys just don't hit his curveball. And um, he's always thrown strikes. He's always competed. So that was kind of a cheating one for me. I saw the video and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this, here's the jump. It, it's happening right now. It's going to continue to happen. And then uh, I think he's going to have an awesome spring. I think he's going to have an awesome summer. And I think he's going to be a guy that the scouts are kind of buzzing about when they finally turn the page to those 2025 guys. But uh, before we recap our teams, going to tell you a little bit more about our friends at Hitforth. 
if you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed that coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have TrackMan data uh, showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing taken data, you are doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hit Fourth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hit Fourth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about hit fourth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com and on Twitter and Instagram as well. Again, uh, my favorite word is accountability because it's there. Full-time employees, fully dedicated to making you as a player better, uh, making every program individualized, tracking everything, whether it's video, whether it's metrics, whether it's strength and conditioning, it, everything is tracked. They hold themselves accountable because they're looking at the results. They're looking at the video. Um, and they've had numerous examples of major, major gains made, especially in exit velocity and things like that as well. Um, so go check those guys at hitforth.com. They've got great examples online. If you want to know more about them, message Drew and I, email us. We'll we'll be happy to answer any questions. We'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Maybe you just want to go there and check out things and, and see what it's like. Uh, not a problem. Reach out to us. And they do things remotely as well. So you don't have to be in Austin to use Hitforth. The remote training program is outstanding. I mean, we've seen it, how detailed it is behind the scenes and how they've got everything just mapped out with examples of how to do everything and they really take the time to say, hey, like, you have this facility to use this. All right, we're going to make a program for you using these things. Uh, so go check those guys out at hipforth.com. But to, rec uh, to recap my team, I've got Zane Becker at catcher from Flower Mound, Arkansas signee. My infield goes Caden Miller, uh, Madisonville heading to Houston Christian at first base. Devin Nunez from Navasota heading to Nebraska at second base. Adrian Rodriguez from Flower Mound. Um, heading to Texas A&M, and then Sawyer Farr from Boswell, another Texas A&M signee. My outfield goes Nathan Tobin, another Texas A&M signee from Eaton. Zach Gingrich, Texas uh, Texas State signee from Smithson Valley. William Hill, Summer Creek 2025 Texas commitment. My DH is Hogan Nelson, uh, heading to DBU from Liberty Christian. Uh, Nico Partida is one of my utilities, 2025 two-way guy from Pearland, Arizona State commitment. Jackson Cotton, two-way guy, Texas A&M commitment 2025 class from St. Pius X. And uh, another utility guy, Dante Lewis, uh, St. Thomas, two-way player, 2024 Kansas State commitment. And then finally, my pitchers, uh, Cooper Fulbright, Dason Hill, Houston Tomlinson, Xavier Mitchell, just talked about those guys. And we still haven't gotten to our just missed in, in 2026 guys as well. But that's just kind of our main lineup uh, before we get to our final four picks there. Okay. Uh, for me, catcher, Dane Perry. Texas Tech commit, uh, infield, Adrian Rodriguez, Carson Luna, Texas commit, 
uh, Brady Coe, Abilene Christian, Signe, uh, and Sawyer Farr, who you mentioned. Uh, outfield, I had Caden Miller, Blaine Bullard, AM commit, uh, Hogan Nelson, uh, DH, Dean Hanna, Texas commit, Utility, Jaden Blalack, DBU commit, uh, Utility, Cord Rager, OU commit, and Park Prater, another DBU commit. Uh, on the pitching, Fulbright, Tomlinson, and Hill, and then also David Ramirez uh, before we move on to the Just Missed group. Yeah, um, my two. Let me start, or do you want to go? Yeah, you go ahead with the, the two Just Missed guys. So, recap we're picking guys that were not on our 5 till 55 list, but we're on our Just Missed next 55 list. Um, two of those guys, one pitcher and one position player. Yeah, so I went with uh, on the mound, I went with Mason Cook, uh, a guy that I've liked for a really long time i think you know i picked him to be a breakout player in the 24 class um mainly just because uh i think he's gonna have a chance to be the bell cow of that really loaded killer pitching mm -hmm. staff this year um so you know so moving from more of a relief role in into being possibly the one the number one guy uh, uh with an arsenal to do so um Huge fan of the slider. I think that's a really good out pitch for him. Uh, good job by McClendon jumping on him when they did. I think he's going to have a really good uh, senior year. Uh, and then my just missed position player, uh, Cutter Gage Webb uh, out of San Marcos, Texas State signee. Um, guy that I've been a, a big fan of. I, I was super disappointed. I think it was two years ago uh, when he was playing up here in Rockwall and then I think he tweaked something in the early game and didn't, uh, didn't end up getting to play that game, but, uh, just, you know, instinctual player, obviously coach of a son, good left-handed swing, uh, and has a chance to stay home and be continue to be the, the hometown hero, uh, down there in San Marcos mm -hmm. going to Texas state. I know that coach Trout and their group was really excited to get him and, uh, rightfully so, because he's a big time player and with a, just a really good feel for the game. Uh, very well known for having a good baseball IQ. And then uh, he'll be looking to repeat as the district MVP this year in 27, six, eight. So. My just so. missed pitcher is Blaine line from London high school in the uh, 2024 class. Another A&M signee. He can really pitch. Uh, three pitch mix, a lot of strikes. It's a lower release height. Um, it's just kind of a, a little bit of a unique look for hitters. Can fill up the zone. I mean, it's an easy upper 80s, probably bumps low 90s this year. Uh, breaking ball is going to get some whiffs. I think he's going to have another monster year down there for those guys as they try to make another run um, at a state title. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly from our preview, they could be the first high school from the coastal bend area to make the state tournament in four straight years, which would be an incredible wow. accomplishment, which you consider the, the amount of really, really good high school, high school teams have been coming out of that area for a long time. So I know that's a little extra motivation for those guys to get back to the state tournament. And they've certainly got the firepower. And I think he's, I could see him just mowing down a lot of lineups. Um, and then my just missed position player from the 2024 class a guy you had Mason Cook as a breakout guy this year. I had this guy as a breakout guy as well. Parker Blackman from Grand Oaks, um, heading to yeah. San Houston State. It, he's not a traditional breakout guy from the standpoint of I believe he was district newcomer of the year last year. But my thinking was there are going to be so many scouts that go see Houston Tomlinson and Mark Barnhard. I could see them leaving the game going, Who is this left-handed hitting center fielder that is flying all over the place? 
who's a really good athlete who has great bat speed and can hit. And I think he's, I, I, my thinking is there's going to be at least a few scouts that are like doing a little work on Parker Blackman. Cause he just seems to check a lot of boxes for, for what, you know, teams are kind of looking for right now. Um, he's been, a, he's another one of those guys that's been a performer for years. It was always just a matter of when he gets stronger, when he gets a little bit more physical, it's going to really take off. And it did this summer. He was really, really good this summer after an outstanding spring with Green Oak. So I think he's going to have a monster year down there. And uh, I'll lead us off with our 2026s. Um, Mason Cook's kind of been a, a plant the flag guy for you that, that you've been touting. Uh, this guy for me in the 2026 class has been that one of those guys, and that's Harper Gates from Tomball. Mm -hmm. um, just a, a two-way guy, but I think that his – He's going to make the most impact at Tomball this year on the mound, I think, simply because they have so many really good veteran infielders that I think it's he's just going to be a guy that gets, you know, really makes an impact for those guys on the mound. Uh, he was up to 89 miles an hour this fall. Uh, slider gets whiffs. Uh, it's one of those guys that has that infield athleticism on the mound. You see that in the delivery. It's a good delivery. He can throw strikes. He really competes. Um, talking to some people that were around him this summer, um, you know, they kind of describe him like the guy from major league going down the line, Tanaka Wavos. He, he's, he <laughs> pitches, he pitches with some guts out there and, and pitching a lot of big games this That's summer. That's not the tr correct translation, is it? <laughs> uh, marbles, marbles, excuse me. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got a chance to be, I mean, that sophomore class at Tomball is so unbelievably good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's just an embarrassment of riches at that that classification. I mean, at that uh, class level, he's he could be just as good as any of those guys, maybe even potentially better because he's a really good defensive player too. But I think he's going to have his breakout year on the mound. And then my position player is uh, Miles Young from Episcopal. We saw him at Area Code hit the absolute snot out of the ball, huge exit velocity numbers, uh, hit a tank was handling velocity, doing everything, uh, just a really, really, really talented hitter. And uh, we, we saw him a long time ago um, at a camp, and it was like, who is this guy um, in the 2026 class playing shortstop and with the bat speed and smacking the ball over the place? And uh, then he went to area code and, and kind of burst onto the scene there. But just a special talent. Um, I can't wait to see what kind of spring season he has and how it goes there. Another one of those MLB breakthrough guys uh, that's getting some really, really cool opportunity to work with those guys and those former pro players and get some great exposure opportunities as well. But certainly in the mix is one of the best position players in that class for Texas. Yeah, it was funny. I remember with Miles, like we were, we were wondering if he was hurt because he, I think didn't play in the first game, uh -huh. but you know, because they had like as, 29 guys on that roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just as 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 the uh, event wore on, it was just clear that they had very strict rotations and just kind of stuck to them because he mm -hmm. had hit a home run like like a hundred more than 100 miles an hour off the bat, and we're like, yeah, he's fine. Um, but uh, moving to the 26s for me, um, it's funny. I both of my guys could be in either spot. Uh, I think both of them are uh, capable position players and pitchers. Uh, but I chose, you know, right. I think I would have them. I just want to make sure I got both of them on my list, but uh, Jordan Garza from veterans Memorial was my I love pitcher. him. Um, yeah. And I, honestly, you're the one that kind of turned me on to him a little bit just because uh, some of the advanced numbers on him, um, you know, I know he catches, 
uh, right now some. And, I mean, he's a guy that talent-wise could legitimately go two ways, I think, when it comes mm -hmm. down to it. Mm -hmm. um, at, but those numbers analytically are hard to uh, hard to deny. Um, so that's where I, I had him slotted on this team. Then, you know, like I said, I could have him. is a guy that we talked about depth of this 26 class in Texas and knows what it looks like in a couple of one of my um is turned out to be I like everything I see about him um I like his actions I like his physicality he moves well um and, you know, from all the people that I talked to, he's a baseball rat. You know, he just loves the game, always wants to be talking it, playing it, you know, do, doing whatever he can to get better as a player. And uh, that matters to me. And, you know, it, it's funny because that part of him kind of compares to who I see in him as a player a little bit. I, I actually think Cole is a lot better than this guy at this stage in his career. Um, but you know, whether he gets to the same heights remains will remain to be seen. But uh, from a physical standpoint, you know, Tulo was also a big shortstop. And I think mm -hmm. Cole is athletic enough to stay there. Um, and I, I just, there's a lot of similarities to me between. him watching him still take ground balls when he was out of the game already i mean he still could have played defense at a gold glo gold glove caliber caliber level excuse me um and i think that cole is an elite defender and then on top of that you get him up on the mound and he has big time stuff like the velocity is real on the mound for him there um so it's just gonna be a matter of what he ends up doing but uh a guy that i'm Huge fan of, I think, definitely one of the best players in not just the area, not just the state, but the country. And mm -hmm. I think he's got a lot of upside. And um, just based on where he is as a prospect and how he goes about his work for the game, I think he's going to have a chance to be in that mix of being one of the absolute top players in the country. Um, so I'm excited to see him and the rest of his Keller team play this spring. Yeah, he is a national level guy. Like, I don't know where he's going to end up going to college because he's obviously going to have every local program interested, but he is a guy that's – you're going to have the big boys interested um, in, in recruiting him out of the DFW area. So, uh, well, before we get out of here, uh, I was going to share a couple of just observations from a couple of scrimmages I've gone to. I went to uh, Lake Travis and Rouse on Saturday, and last night I was at Westlake in, uh, in Stony Point. Um, we wanted to just get a look at a couple players, a couple pitchers, uh, really just kind of get out and kind of get my feet wet again and get in the mode of and get, get hit by a foul ball. Gosh, both, both scrimmages. Like I had a comebacker that missed me while I was videoing by inches at both. And I've got to get the reactions calibrated because that's, that's going to be a thing. I had a lot of close encounters last year, but, but never got hit. And, you know, first two scrimmages, I'm going to get drilled. Um, on the Lake Travis side, I went to go see Caden Leon pitch. He's he's playing basketball right now, so he's juggling that as well. I was impressed. Uh, two innings, 88 to 92, cruise control. Uh, curveball spin was up to 28, 23 RPM. Kind of working on a new 
change up to mimic his, his four seam fastball through a lot of strikes. And I think he's been balancing the idea of whether he wants to play both football and baseball in college or just baseball. I, I think it sounds like baseball is going to be the one to win out. Um, I know there's some, some pretty big name programs about to go get a look at him. And uh, for a guy that's playing basketball right now, it was, it was really good on the mount um, for, for two innings this time of the year. So uh, he's going to be a major, major guy again for Lake Travis. Uh, and then, you know, Gavin Schlotterbach is a guy, their catcher I've seen for a long time. The more I see him, the more I'm convinced he is one of the best catch and throw guys in Texas. The arm strength, the accuracy of the arm. I mean, every single time he comes out of a stance, it is on a line to the back. Warm-ups, game actions, whatever. And the pop times are always 195 to 205. There's a lot of consistency there. There's some receiving skill. Um, he, I mean, if he, he's one of the better defensive catchers, I think certainly in Texas, and I think the bat's going to come on, um, as well. So, uh, it was good getting a look at, at those two guys. I didn't see Cooper Webb throw last night, but I heard through the grapevine that, uh, sophomore Cooper Webb righty for Lake Travis was up to 92 miles an hour and throwing really, really well in, uh, in three scrimmage innings. So he is going to be a definite guy. Uh, to watch this upcoming season on the Rouse side. They're just a really loaded team, especially for five, a, a bunch of commitments, kind of the usual suspects stood out. They, they end up, like typically in scrimmages, you're going to mix guys in fifth inning or so. So they start bringing a bunch of guys in there. Um, a, a couple of guys that, that caught my eye. Um, you know, Andrew Sanchez, I think is a guy that's going to really hit. He's a junior big future physical first baseman, right-handed hitter. He nearly hit a home run off Caden Leon, just missed it. There's just not a lot of whiff in the swing. He can make contact consistently. I think he's going to have a kind of a breakout year for those guys. And then uh, another guy in the 2026 class, he's probably not going to play much just because there's so many good seniors ahead of him. Uh, but I'll tell you, man, Jacob Solis, uh, shortstop, he can play and he can run. He's got actions. He's got tools. He's like sneaky pop because he can really rotate. And there's some explosiveness to what he does. He's going to be a heck of a player there. And I think he's going to fly under the radar in the spring just because, again, they're so loaded with veteran guys. But I think come summertime, people are going to be wondering, hey, who is this guy uh, in the 2026 class from Rouse uh, that can play some shortstop and, and swing the bat as well? So. Uh, I think he's a guy to follow, but you know, Rainer Heinrich doing his thing. I saw he drilled a, a super loud triple last night. I saw the video of that um, doing his thing with some competitive bats as well. Uh, he's going to have a big season for those guys. Oscar Salazar is bigger. Uh, Weatherford signee. He's going to be another major two-way guy this year. I think he was up to 89, 89 miles an hour when I saw him on the mound. Uh, and then last night I went to go get a look at Theo Gillen and Westlake. Theo has, you know, we had heard, hey, man, he's added strength. He's added muscle. He looks great. All that's true. I can confirm after seeing him. Uh, he's definitely <laughs> probably added about 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Looks great physically. And when he gets going underway as a runner, he is a tick faster than he was in the past. Um, you know, he had that knee injury that kind of lingered into the summer just on a fluke home plate collision play. He had a ball last night. He had a couple of tough at bats early on. Like Stony Point, by the way, they're going to win some games. They've got three lefties and a righty that are going to get a lot of outs. And uh, Theo had a couple – his first two at-bats left on left. He got caught looking twice, just in tough at-bats, and strike zone was a little big. But uh, So he took out some frustration third at-bat when he just drilled a rocket through the right side of the infield 
actually ended up getting under the glove of the right fielder and went to the wall. That's how hard he hit it. And once he started motoring around first base, I mean, he was flying um, yeah. into third base. Probably could have scored, but he got held up down there. So uh, the, the bat speed, the, the, the physical gains, the running, all there. And then most importantly, too, he was playing shortstop. Uh, his arm looked better. Uh, you know, that's a thing, you know, had the shoulder deal a long time ago, you know, played a lot of second base DH last year. He was at shortstop, uh, looked the part of a shortstop. Uh, definitely. I can tell that that's, that's something I, I know he's probably gonna take a lot of pride in this year is, is getting back on the dirt there and being an impact guy there defensively as well. So uh, he's poised for a really, really big year. Um, Sage Sanders, a guy like um, I did do a double take so I didn't recognize him. Uh, he's done tremendous offseason work, um, kind of reshaping his body. He was always like a physical, really strong guy. Um, I think he's added some flexibility. He's lighter on his feet. I think he's going to play third base for those guys. Um, Houston signing, I think he's poised for a big year. And then on the mound, uh, I, I mean, I, these two guys were their dudes last year in the rotation. But uh, Chance Cover and Jack Brady are ready. Uh, Chance Cobra bucked 90 miles an hour last night from the left side, University of Texas signee. Last year, I'd only seen him 80 to 84 every single time, every time. So he comes out last night and I was like, oh, okay, this this is different. Uh, there's some noticeable gains there physically, arm strength gains. Talking to the coaches at Westlake, they sing praises about his work ethic. He gets after it. It show, man, it, it showed on the mound last night. And then Jack Brady... We always knew Jack Brady could really pitch. We always knew there was a lot of projection. We always knew it was just a matter of time. And he had a phenomenal junior season um, at Westlake, like one of the best pitchers in the state. I mean, his pitching performance um, against Round Rock was one of the best pitching performances I saw all year. And he comes out last night and bumps 92 miles an hour. And it's like, all right, Jack Brady's ready to reach another level as well because he knows he can pitch. You know he can command it. You know he's got a deep arsenal. He can spin it. And the McLennan signee is ready to take it to another level this year, which is, uh, you know, I had heard that people at Westlake are like, hey, this team might be better than the one last year. And I was kind of like, okay, we lost a lot of a lot of veteran pieces. You know, Will Maggins and Joe Sockwell both made the roster at Texas Tech. Uh, lost some other guys to the um, college programs as well. And then I get out there and get some eyes on them. And I was like, might be right. <laughs> it might take a little longer for it to come together. Um, they've got some real talent there, uh, and two freshmen in particular. Well, I, I guess the question is going to be, are you going to give them oh, yeah, more material? Yeah. Well, the they, they, they like do better. Year? They, they do better when I, I don't pick them for anything. So they're probably okay with that. So you, uh, you're will, saying that, they're, that it may take them longer. Now they're going to come out hot out of the game. Right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They're going to run off 17 straight to start the year or something absurd oh. like that. Um, but I, I am I am in on the potential of this team being better than last year's team. That was a historic that team won 40 games, I think was the most <laughs> in Westlake program history and reached a state tournament. Like this team could could be better if they can figure out the bullpen. Um, they don't lack options, but Joe Sockwell was just such an easy guy for them to throw out there for a few innings each district game and could could bridge the gap. Uh, but they got a couple of freshmen too, Ethan Armbruster. Is going to be their starting catcher. He can also pitch as well. He's got a chance to be a really special two-way prospect, like really, really special. And another guy, Lane Johnson. Uh, I thought he was like Ed Small when he first walked out there. That's what he looks like physically for a freshman. He's probably like six one or six foot, two hundred pounds. 
looks like a starting safety on a football team. Left-handed swing can really play. Uh, he was playing some center field. I think that guy is going to be a major dude um, in that class as well. But uh, they've got some really good. They've got some really good players top to bottom as well. Um, you know, they've even Evan Lung has had some really good at bats for them. Um, and there was another sophomore pitcher. Let me find the name real quick. Um, Hayes uh, Broadhead, sophomore. He was 84-85 last night from the right side. A lot of strikes, good body, good delivery. I think he's going to be one of their key bullpen guys this year as well. So uh, Westlake, very, very, very much another state championship contender this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had FOMO uh, from some of the clips you've been posting. I, Like I said, I've, I've been grounded uh, due to some – sickness in the family um so i'm excited to get out uh you know uh, a couple of the names that i've heard um you know and or and or seen uh ha, have been jonathan van earden um mm-hmm. been hearing that for a couple of weeks leading up to uncommitted uncommitted yeah obviously uh was a tcu commit at one point um you know missed some time last year with what turned out to be a less uh, serious injury than originally thought i think uh but um he's gonna be one of the hottest names on the market this spring i think uh but man that first first look at him for the spring was really really good balls coming out right and he just reminded you what kind of prospect that he was um two two years ago mm-hmm. you know when we first really uh got to see him and get real live looks at him but um yeah so it's gonna be interesting to follow him uh, and then, you know, a lefty that I, I mentioned in our write-up, um, some of the teams that we liked, uh, hasn't gotten all the headlines, but can really pitch. Braden Stout, left-handed pitcher uh, from J.J. Pierce, senior, uncommitted. Uh, guy can just really pitch. You know, I think there's some more in the tank. Uh, has some weight to be gained there uh, on a frame that I think can handle it. But uh, he gives Pierce just another really quality arm um, and they're they've been collecting them, especially from the left hand side. I mean, they've got they've got a couple options from the left side, and then uh, Deegan Kuba as well that uh, was on our academic team. But yeah, Braden Stout, he's a guy that I'm looking forward to having a good senior year. Uh, and then a couple of commits uh, that popped up in the last week or so: um, Hudson Hutchison uh, from Friendship committed to Kansas State for football. Yeah, um, good for him. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever looked at his – I know you have, but I don't know if the listeners have ever looked at his football numbers, but they remind you of a video game uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of capacity. Um, so, But we're excited to get to see him uh, here in a couple weeks at the festival. Uh, Zach Applegate uh, committed to ACU, mm-hmm. Evelyn Christian. Uh, and then uh, one that I hadn't seen anywhere uh, popped up today, you know, as on National Signing Day uh austin phillips um yeah found a, found a home with uta uh clay van hook and the mavs staying hot that's a, another really good pickup i i like what they're doing with that 24 class uh he's just continued to uh rack up good baseball players and um getting some guys from some really good high school and select summer programs and um that's the way to build it you know, it'll supplement, I think, some in the portal for these next couple of years. But he's starting to build a nice little nucleus uh, amongst these first two classes that he's had uh, for the Mavericks. So I uh, was excited to see that one this morning because we're we're big fans of Austin Phillips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, prime guy I think is 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 going to bounce back and have a really good senior season. But UTA I think is really smart about the way they do things. It reminds me of what Sam Houston State really made a killing doing uh, a few years ago, and still kind of does. They kind of hang back. They don't rush into high school kids. They kind of just hang back. They evaluate. They work their connections. They get eyeballs on guys, and and they reap the benefits because. You know, they're always, you know, good players still hanging out this time of the year. There are guys that just, you know, progress at different levels and kind of have breakouts as seniors. You know, it's one of the things I think, you know, Sam Houston State really did a killing place. Like, you know, like they didn't really rush into grabbing a bunch of early commitments and juniors and things like that. They hung back. They did their evaluations. They worked their connections and they end up getting a lot of really, really good players. So, um, you know, UTA is 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 doing similarly and I think it's going to work out really well for them in the wrong one. But uh, you got anything else before I jump out of here? Uh, I no, uh, I don't have anything else. Um, been digging into some of our research on our festival teams. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. It's getting close. Well, let's see, we're three weeks away uh, tomorrow. Um, and then uh, I guess I don't think we've made official Super Bowl picks. Um. I am going to go with the 49ers um, and that's probably more slanted towards a hope than uh, hope and a want, I guess, Mm -hmm. more so than an actual pit prediction. Um, But yeah, I'm uh, going to go to San Francisco. Uh, I want Kyle Shanahan to get one. Um, and I don't want Taylor Swift to get one. So, oh man, don't tell that to Jack and Lucy McComas because the Taylor Swift is, yeah, are, you, are y'all, in, y'all, are y'all going to a, a Taylor Swift Super Bowl party? I've seen some plans for some of those, yeah. Up. Uh, no, and we can't say that out loud because he would remember it and get so fired up if, if that weren't an actual thing. But I'm sure he will be tuned. They both will be, but he especially is just obsessed with Taylor Swift. He will be tuned into the Super Bowl just for any glimpse of of Taylor on screen. There, it's funny. Last, well, what's Super the Bowl, hey, what, what's the latest? Like, is she going to get there on time? Oh, because of the whole Tokyo thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's um, I don't know. I'm sure that they'll be able to kind of pull some springs and see if they can get her in there. Right before get a little faster, they may go for an air force faster plane, you know. Yeah, something. yeah, you can hit hop on. Yeah, but I think that they'll, if anybody could do it, um, I'm sure she could, she could pull enough, enough strings to make maybe, that maybe she can find a way to speed up for her uh concert and put it on that 2x to get through it a little faster. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the Swifties would revolt. Did, the, the well, did you, did you see, yeah, did you hear about this? Like, the mm-hmm. I think it was like the Japanese embassy had to come out and basically say, like, don't freak out. The concert is still going on. Like this was oh, a thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Had, like, I believe it. Put out a, like the Japanese embassy. I, I, that may be not who it was, but it was something official on the Japanese state side that like had to come out with a statement to like keep from mass hysteria just taking place uh over, over these i believe tour. it i believe it things get lost in translation and especially when you're on the other side of the world um so yeah well she'll she'll figure out a way to make it but yeah she's not cutting down that concert though they're going to get the full experience before she gets out of there 
My pick, it's simply Mahomes or, or Brock Purdy. I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think they're going to win. That's that's really what it boils down to for me. And I don't think yeah, that 49 er defense has been very good. Yeah, I, I I do. It is helpful for Purdy. You know, it's like it's it's becoming a thing. Like he struggles in bad weather, so this being inside will be uh, that may that may be the the tipping point that we that the that the Niners needed. So, yeah. Yeah. So one last one: Super Bowl food. What's the go to if you go to a party? What's the what's the item you want? Or if you went to an establishment to go watch the game. It's like, all right, it's they've got to have this, or I. Uh, if it's I'm not, I'm if not it's, interested, okay. If it if it's good, like you know, it's it, it's tougher to be good. I'm a I'm a stickler, but like good queso is a is is definitely up there. Okay. Um, and then just from dips a, are very crucial. So yeah, we're on the same page there. So, but like from a generic standpoint, I feel like pizza is pretty safe. Um, I. Mm-hmm. I I'm confident I won't make a mess with it. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Good point. I can, I can eat it, you know, rather pretty quick, handle it quickly. Um, and, you know, continue going back without people realizing how much I actually ate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably those two things. Um, yeah. Either really good queso and or pizza. Mm. Yeah. Chips and dips are paramount on the app front. I don't really necessarily need queso, but if it's there, awesome. We gotta have a good chip selection. Like that's you know that's that's like the one of the days of the year where I just tell myself, look, if I crush an entire bag of chips, that's fine. That's just kind of you know I love chips, so like give myself that day to where if I want to eat a whole bag of Zaps, I'm gonna do it, or a whole bag of Doritos, yeah, whatever, because I'm not gonna do it um, any other day. And wings are my food, but I get your standpoint of like it's it, it can get a little little messy. So you've got to have the well, proper and, and setup. if you're gonna have the if you're gonna have the kids around and you're running around, with yeah, wings, yeah, it could be tough. Could yeah, be tough. that that could certainly be tough. Um, pizza is definitely safe, um, but yeah, like a good dip. Like I feel like it's usually like the dip's time to shine is somebody comes up with something on their own that they they put out there with some chips and things like that. So pizza is definitely safe wings. If I'm feeling like I'm at a place where I can get, get a little messy if, if need be. But um, you know, also those, like one thing I really like at the, at these types of parties, those like, like those little popper things that are like wrapped in bacon. And sometimes they have some meat in there or sometimes like that, like that to me is the dual appetizer or entree. Like that can be my entree if I want, or that can be just another appetizer if I want, but but something like that is there's no uh, rules on Sunday. There's no, no there's rules. not. No, no, no lanes, no rules. Uh, uh-uh. you can kind of do uh kind of do whatever you want. So I remember one year we didn't cook anything for a Super Bowl party, but just ordered like three things of Torchy's queso and just brought it like, yeah. here you go. And it's like, yeah, ev- everybody loved it. Uh, it's a crowd pleaser. So, well, we hope everybody has fun at their Super Bowl parties this weekend. We hope everybody's having fun getting out and, and, and seeing and following the high school baseball action again. Thank you to our friends at Hit Fourth for sponsoring the podcast, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com, and on Twitter and Instagram as well. And make sure you're locked into fivetool.org and following us on all the social media channels and at five tool pod on Twitter and Instagram as well. We're out there, we're writing, we're videoing, we're talking. I mean, high school baseball season is here, and we are out covering it. And we hope that you make fivetool.org 
your home for the high school baseball coverage uh, in the state of Texas and beyond as we start getting some some Arizona and California and those other states as well mixed in uh, to our coverage. So thank you for listening. So uh, for Drew, I'm Dustin. Until we talk to you all next time, have a good rest of the week and take care.